Welcome to the Inner Network Podcast. I'm your host, Kyla Kaplan, and today I'm joined by Cleo de la Llave. Cleo is the founder of Bouge Media, a boutique digital marketing agency based in Vancouver. Since founding Bouge Media in 2009, Cleo has become a true entrepreneur, co-founding the hair accessory brand Do Edit, wine label Spade and Sparrows, and podcast agency Podcast Nation. In today's episode, we discuss Cleo's journey within the industry, what it takes to start a company, and how to maintain healthy relationships with your co-founders. I'll be linking her social media in the show notes, but in the meantime, enjoy the episode. Hi, Cleo. Thank you so much for being on the podcast today. Oh, thank you so much for having me. I'm very excited for it. Yeah, I'm so excited to have you and to just pick your brain about all things career and bouge media. But before we get started, I wanted to play a quick game of this or that. So oh, okay. I'll have two options and I'll just get you to answer one. Okay, perfect. I'm ready. I've played this game before. <laughs> perfect. The first one is white wine or red wine? This is new, but I have to say white wine. I was actually going to say maybe neither because maybe you're a rosé type of person. Uh, If I had to pick right now, rosé is my go-to, but I've really been enjoying a cold glass of white and a little Pinot Grigio or Chardonnay. Yeah, I love that as well. It's always nice to kind of end the night off with a glass of wine. Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) I'm with you on that one. Awesome. So the next one is, would you rather be watching The Bachelor or The Bachelorette? I prefer watching The Bachelor. Are you watching the current season of The Bachelor right now? I am. I'm committed to the season. I haven't seen a full season since Caitlin's actually. I kind of fell off the train for a little bit, but I'm committed to just watching this whole season. And so far, I'm not loving it, but I feel like it's going to be a good season. I'm the same way. I actually didn't watch the one last night. I'm going to watch it tonight. And I saw a promo that Taisha was in the promo of that one. So I'm super excited. I know. I I think that Claire's um, episodes are going to be even more short-lived than I thought. But um, I was very excited for, for Claire to be a bachelorette. Like I liked where they were going with it. And I definitely think that they should be casting a little bit older but mm-hmm. um but I am not a big fan of, her, of hers I just feel like I, I just haven't liked how she's dealt with the season and I think I feel really bad for the guys because they had to quarantine and obviously it was a different year and I feel like they didn't really get a shot so I'm very much looking forward to Tasha coming in and she's I've met her before she's so sweet she's so fun I think she'll be a much better bachelorette yeah I'm definitely I definitely feel the same way I watched Claire on Juan Pablo's season and I liked her back then but I feel like she's kind of different this time around but we'll see I hope you know things go well the next few episodes and I'm definitely going to be tuning in yes I think this is one to watch definitely um the next question would you rather live on the east coast or the west coast oh I'm a west coast girl yeah (laughs) yes west coast all the way (laughs) yeah because your office is downtown it's in Gastown or Yaletown Yes, it's in Gastown. We're um, above Shambar. Like on- oh, okay. I love that restaurant. Yeah, it's one of my oh, favorites. Me too. It's and the decor is amazing. I go there too much <laughs> to drink yeah. wine. Now I just need to. Now the, my perfect scenario would be for them to have spade and sparrows, so I can go after work and just drink. And yeah, wine. <laughs> that would be the perfect scenario. <laughs> yeah. Okay. The next one is: Would you rather go out for brunch or go out for dinner? Oh, I love both. Um, but I think brunch is my favorite meal of the day. So I'll say brunch. 
Yeah, I love a good brunch. Do you like having a mimosa with brunch or are you more of a coffee gal? Oh, I have to say coffee. I, and sometimes if we're talking about champagne, like I like a good Caesar, but I'm not mm-hmm. into um, champagne unless I'm with like a group of girls and then it's just more of a social thing and I get caught up. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. I feel like coffee goes down a little easier with brunch. Yeah, I love my coffee in the morning. <laughs> same here. And I guess on that same note, are you an early riser or a night owl? An early riser. Nothing crazy, but like a 7 a.m. start, like wake up time is ideal for me. Yeah, that's not bad. And I think with work from home as well, you're probably able to sleep in a little bit because you don't have the commute. Yeah, it, exactly. So that's um, that's nice. Like, if not, I usually try to wake up at 6.30, but 7, like recently it's been 7 and I just find that, that I naturally wake up at that time too, which is, is nice. It's less jarring on the body. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, definitely. Well, thank you for answering those questions. It was nice getting to know a little bit more about you. But before we dive into, you know, Bouge Media, Do Edit and Bait and Sparrows and Podcast Nation, all of the things that I want to ask you about, I'd love to know a little bit more about your background prior to founding your companies and what your experience was like navigating through the industry. Sure. Yeah. So, um, so after school, I took a little bit of time off, tried to figure out what, what direction I wanted to go into. And I went to college and took a whole bunch of different classes and fell in love with my advertising class. I think it was a mix of the teacher was awesome. And I just liked that content. Like I just gravitated towards that type of content. Um, so then I ended up going to BCIT and I did the marketing communications program. I was a condensed program in two years. So I loved having that like intense seven classes a semester you know, like a kind of like going all in on something. And so that was kind of my experience. I I had an internship at Cossette at the time. It was one yeah. of the largest um, advertising agencies in Vancouver. And I did an internship there for about three months. And that was kind of it when it came to my experience. And then I dove right into starting my own business. And um Like there's definitely pros and cons to that. I sometimes wish, especially back in the day, wish that I had had more experience and some things to go off of. Um, But in another way, I also really liked, you know, I've always just done things the way that I wanted to do them, what felt right to me. And I didn't really have anything to compare it to. So, so I guess I did do things a bit differently. Like I wasn't influenced by previous experiences. So I think there's, there's yeah pros and cons, like I said. Yeah, definitely. I think it's also nice that you were able to experience all of the things with starting your company as a fresh perspective. I think a lot of the times too, especially in agency, you get a good understanding of how other people manage certain things. And you kind of just think that that is the way to go, but it's not necessarily. And it's nice that you kind of paved your own path in that sense. Yeah. You know, looking at it, like I I took this slow and steady route. And for me, like I really, I, it worked well for me. Did you find your passion within Bouge Media when you were in the like the agency in the advertising space, or did you kind of find that a little bit afterwards? Yeah, I would feel. I would say I felt it afterwards, and, and that's why I was really glad that I did an internship because I kind of, for me, figured out like it's that wasn't exactly what 
I wanted to do. Like I like something that was like a little bit, a little bit smaller, more intimate, like more like hands-on where, you know, when you go into a large agency, you can learn so much and you work with people that have so much experience, but it just takes so much longer. And I think I've realized about my personality, like I just, I go hard and fast. <laughs> um, so I realized like that wasn't necessarily the path that I wanted to do, but I knew I wanted to start my my own thing. And it was quite different because in the agency, I was doing experiential marketing. And then when I started Bouge Media, it was really focused on just social media. It was just when social media was like at the very, at its very infancy stage in terms of how, A, that it was around and that companies were using it. And so I would say like I found a pretty, I found out pretty quickly that I loved it. Like I loved how fast it was moving, how much I was learning. And it also worked well because there wasn't a lot of other people with a ton of experience because it was so new. So in a way, even though I was still so new and inexperienced, I felt like I could catch up with anyone who was learning that exact topic at the same time. So yeah, I, I really, really enjoyed the work I was doing from the beginning. If not, I, I don't think I would have done it. Like I'm someone that needs to be passionate about what I'm doing. So you started Bouge Media in 2009. And like you mentioned, social media was very new it was just taking off. What was your experience like navigating through that, especially with how fast it was evolving at that time? It was interesting because it, I would say the first year it was taking a lot of meetings like or convincing, more so convincing <laughs> to take a meeting. And it wasn't necessarily about what social media could do for their business at first. It was really like my whole presentation deck was what is social media? And it was so new and it was really like showcasing like Facebook and Twitter and how there were some businesses that were starting to use it. And I would say after a year, it started to quickly like shift. And then, yeah, I would say it happened really quickly. All of a sudden, all the businesses knew they had to be on social media, but they had no idea how to do it. So then the meetings went from like, okay, we don't really understand what social media is going to do with our business, but we know we need to be on it. When can you start? <laughs> so it kind of shifted there quite quickly, but it's interesting because it is an industry that moves really quickly. So there was the challenge, especially when it was like either just me or a small team, there's the challenge of doing the work. And, you know, there's more content needed now than ever with these social media platforms, as well as keeping up with the trends. And, you know, that hasn't changed. The social media is evolving every day. There's new platforms, new features, new things that you should be trying out, different types of content. So I think that it's a challenge, but that's what I enjoy about it. Yeah, for sure. I think even over the past few months with TikTok coming into play, like we've really seen a huge shift in the media mix just with advertisers in different industries. So it's really crazy how something like that can disrupt the industry in a span of a few months. <laughs> how does your team stay on top of those industry trends? Like what do you guys like doing, whether it's in the office or outside of the office when it comes to evolving, you know, with your knowledge and taking extracurricular activities? A lot of it, I would say, and like I always encourage my team is just like spend as much time as you can when you have some free time at like on these platforms and like going on TikTok, looking at what brands are doing. We do try like one thing I always love to, I love to get ahead of 
what's coming or be amongst the first or, you know, try things out and see what works and what doesn't work. And, you know, I think it's like letting my team know that it's okay if things don't work out as long as we're trying things and as long as it's on brand and it's not hurting the brand. But I think the the best way to do it is just to be on the platforms and see what's trending, see what people are doing, see what's getting them the most engagement. And also, of course, like going um, on online articles on like Fast Company or Inc or anything like that and see what's working well there because they'll they'll highlight companies that are amongst the first of, to, to try a platform or that's I would say the the best way to stay on top of what's happening in the digital space right yeah I think those are really great resources as well as you know reaching out to just other people in the industry what was your experience like over the past few months running Bouge Media when it came to diversity in social media and of course all of the other things that were happening with Black Lives Matter and then you know the Facebook boycott was I believe it was like June or July how did you guys evolved with the things that were happening in the industry and those were things that were very much unexpected yes and a lot of things just always being ready to react quickly because those are two prime examples of things that can just like change overnight and you have to pause what you're doing pause your campaign like there's a campaign we had to stop mm-hmm. and I think it, it's okay to, to take a moment step back and not rush and be reactive and especially for Black Lives Matter I think the biggest thing was educating ourselves and really understanding because there's so many it was so powerful and it was heavy and it happened so quickly that I think it was like in that sense we had a meeting and we're like we definitely all agreed that it was better to just take a step back, be silent, see what was happening and, and, you know, understand. And I think it it was um, a lot of our clients or even, you know, like a couple of my companies are in the States where it's like that much more prevalent or people were that much more sensitive to it because I do think it happens at a bigger scale. So that, that was kind of the way we reacted to that. And I feel like it was, it was the right approach. And then having a strategy of how, to pick back up and not just be like, okay, we were quiet and now it's been a week. Now we're going to start posting. And the other thing too, is being like, this is an example, like for do, you know, we were talking with Caitlin and we were saying like, we don't, now that we understand what's happening, like how do we become part of the solution long-term? And as a company, we committed to making sure that we include more diversity and everything we do now, you know, like 20% of influencers that we give to, we have to make sure that those are, there's at least like 20% diversity, the models that we're using and just, you know, for a podcast, making sure that we are including that, that diversity. So making sure now like that is five, six months later that we're still committed to being part of the solution. Absolutely. I think it was tricky when everything happened. I feel like it was kind of a spiral of everyone wants to know what other brands are doing. And it was really refreshing to see that there were a lot of brands that took that first step of even though they didn't know that other people were going to be paused, they were going to be paused because that's what they believed in. And it's nice to know that with Do specifically in your companies that you really took all of those experiences in forward planning and really making sure that that's what your focus was moving forward. Yeah. And it, it's something that we were very clear on. Be like, if we're saying this, 
clients, we have to commit to this long term. Like this isn't, we can't stand as a company and say, we're going to do this and then, you know, do it only while it's really relevant. And so I think that that's something that, you know, just companies need to be held accountable for for that as well. But, you know, like, I think that yeah. it, this was such a major issue that I think is going to take so long for things to change. But I think that companies have such a huge responsibility because they do steer sometimes like in terms of messaging and trend and perception. So I think that businesses really recognized the impact that they can have. And I feel like that's towards a lot of different things right now, but whether it's the environment, whether it's diversity, whether it's, you know, supporting female equality. And it's been really nice these last few years to see companies recognizing that and, and stepping up and sticking to it. I think that's the biggest thing is to make sure that you're being consistent with your messaging and you're following through. Yeah, absolutely. I think all companies and I think just the world in general is moving towards a positive direction. Um, at least I hope. <laughs> um, but <too>. yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's really refreshing to see, though, how everyone is kind of taking in, you know, the information and just making themselves more knowledgeable. Yeah. Something that I really wanted to get into because it's a topic that I feel like a lot of people have discussed and I wanted to get your two cents on what you think about imposter syndrome and if it's something that you dealt with when you were starting your company. Yeah, so I actually have very strong feelings about that. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's kind of the fake it till you make it kind of motto, I think. And so there's a couple of things, I think it just depends on how you, you look at it. But I think it's, there's two different types of personalities and it's one, you know, you kind of have to be good about selling yourself. And if you know that you can do it, like if you say that you're gonna do something, you might not know it then, but I really believe that everyone can figure it out to some extent, obviously within the industry. Like I'm not saying that you can say, oh yeah, I can now build a bridge and you're not an engineer. But if like yeah. you're in the, you know, if you're like, okay, I'm gonna, yeah, I can get that done for you and you figure out how to do it. I think that, that there is so much benefit to that because you're committing to doing something and you know that you're the type of person that's going to follow through. And then that that's how you really grow. And I think sometimes women, and I know that happened to me, for sure is that you just undersell yourself. And I think yeah. that that's where a lot of times like men are better at, you know, like selling their abilities. And then, I, but I would actually say that women are better at following through. It's more about like, you know, just getting things done and less talk. Um, so if that's the case, I think that that's something that's good and it's a way to advance your career. Where the other personality type is like, I think that there's a lot of people, like I personally don't like when you're all talk and there's no delivery. And then that's where I think that the imposter syndrome doesn't work because eventually it'll catch up to you. So as long as you commit to something and you can deliver and you figure it out, then I think that you're just doing yourself a service because you are figuring things out quicker. And what I've realized is that so many people don't know what they're doing. Like you think that there's all these experts, but a lot of people just figure it out along the way and there's nothing wrong with that. It's that's part of a career or your profession or yeah. just life in general. And so I think that it's like, as long as you can deliver what you promise in good quality, then I, I think that it can serve you well. Yeah, absolutely. I think those are- Very winded <laughs> No, I think those are such good points. Yeah, I yeah. imposter syndrome, I feel like it's such a tricky topic because 
because I think a few years ago, I feel like no one really thought it was real or no one really wanted to talk about it. But it's nice knowing that it is being talked about and people aren't alone in this feeling. Um, When you were starting your company and you were obviously going through building it, getting clients, hiring people, how did you get motivated to keep going when you did hit obstacles throughout the way? I think, yeah, that's a good question. I think that I'm just like, my personality type is I don't like to fail. And I also, I'm a good self-motivator because I love what I do and I get excited when I get a new client or, you know, we have a successful campaign or successful win or whatever that is. And that really motivates me. So I think naturally I look for those highs, which is what keeps me going. And I like to try new things and I never put too much pressure on myself. And if things didn't work out, then I've always been good about just considering that a lesson and try to learn from that like try to see like okay well what what can we take from that and then move on yeah I feel like that that would be kind of the way that I've stayed motivated to to keep going keep growing yeah definitely so I want to get into the inspiration behind your company so I want to get started with Spade and Sparrows and do edit because both of those companies you founded with Caitlin what did that process look like how did that come from concept to finally launching it? Okay, so the first one was with Do, and you know, working with Caitlin has just been so fun. Um, it was a lot, but before Do Edit um, and before starting the companies, we really focused on brand partnerships and just how to keep growing her brand in a positive way, and her podcast was a big part of that. But one thing that I just was always in awe of is how naturally it came to Caitlin to build a really loyal following, and pretty early on we decided we're like, we're not going to take things on that that you don't believe in or that you don't like. And the reason people gravitated towards Caitlin was because she was so real, which was very different and refreshing, especially at that time. So we knew that we wanted to start something like I I love building companies. Like I I really like that initial inception phase. And I think like I really am a true entrepreneur. (laughs) And we had talked about like, oh, I'd be really cool to do something yourself and that you're building your own brand instead of building other people's brands. And I actually heard, um, I was listening to a podcast with Kate Hudson and Goop recently, just last week. And I love the way she put it. And I'd never thought about it, but it's like, it essentially it's what I feel. It's like, just to bet on yourself. Like, you know, that you're willing to work hard to do honest business, to build a team that you enjoy working with. So I think it was like in the back of our our head to do that, but we were really, really upfront that it had to be something that especially Caitlin, since she's going to be putting her brand, but me as well, since I am so involved, is like something that we were both really passionate about and that we really believe. And I think we never wanted to to build something just to sell something and make some money. Like that's not something that motivated either of us. So we were really patient. And one day we were in Hawaii and I kept noticing how she's wearing these scrunchies. And I think like, I know she always had like this hair complex, but I'm like, your hair always looks good. We had just gotten out of the pool and her hair had like, it had so much volume and her bun like was just like sticking up. And she's like, no, I swear it's just the scrunchie. And then... (laughs) So I tried it on. And I'm like, oh my God, I love it. Cause I would only, you know, have like those hair yeah. elastic. And we started talking about it and we're like, oh, we, 
you know, we're like, let's try this. This is going to be so fun and feel like it'd be something that we would actually be excited about learning something in terms of going I always love learning something new. So now we're going into technically like accessories slash apparel. So learning something, but not overwhelming or intimidating by having to make like different sizes and all of that. It was pretty simple. And we started it and it did so well right off the bat. And the biggest thing is we enjoyed doing it so much. It was so creative. It, it really started building a community of its own right away. And to see her fan base and her follower base be so receptive to something like this was so exciting. And I feel like we just had so much fun with it. So that's how Do started. And then shortly after, I would say a few months after, I mean, the wine we had always talked about, like, and it was more so like, oh, how fun would it be? And I know she had talked about it with um, a couple other people. So, but that one I feel like was way more intimidating you know, for sure. okay, starting a, a wine label. And obviously I had heard so many times of like liquor laws. So we're like, let's park that one for now. And then we had another friend in Vancouver and he brought it up again and he was a lawyer. And I'm like, I feel like that would be the missing link that wouldn't feel as intimidating to take it on since he was a lawyer, had that expertise that in terms of like dealing with the legal aspect and all of the contracts and all of that stuff, then reconsidered it seriously and, and just did it <laughs> and started from there but that's something that obviously she's been so passionate about and vocal from the show so that's something that was so organic and such a good fit that it resonated incredibly well with her audiences as we knew it would yeah and I feel like having a community is definitely the most important part I think you can have a really great product but if you don't have the people behind it that truly believe in you I feel like it's gonna put so many more obstacles in front of your way so it's nice that you guys were able to take your friendship and build it into a business relationship of doing something that you both love. That's been the most fun part for sure. Like the community that these two companies have built is so fun and reading all the comments and messages. And I mean, Caitlin and I both go into the DMs and we'll like screenshot some and like send it to each other and laugh and just like, they really do bring us so much joy and entertainment. And these women are awesome. How has it been like for you and Caitlin founding these companies as friends? Because I feel like a lot of people say, you know, it's really great to have a partner in the business that you truly, you know, support and you care about and you guys are friends before you are business partners. But how do you manage those boundaries when it does come to work as well as your friendship and that type of relationship? We're just lucky because we just found like our personalities work so well together. I think we've both really know what we have to offer and where our skill set is and we stay in our lane and yet like support each other and I think we both truly like love and respect each other so we want to deliver on our you know our our deliverables because we don't want to let each other down and I think with Caitlin too like I was friends with her beforehand but it was a really new friendship so we really have built our strong friendship essentially because of work, like because of so much time that we like talk and travel together and spend together. So it was kind of nice because it just formed so naturally. Like it wasn't like we were these best friends that then had to figure out how to work together, which I've done too. And that's worked really well too. Finding someone that has a really complimentary personality 
and it, it makes it more fun as well because we really enjoy working together. Well, I mean, yeah. I do, so I don't know. <laughs> you might have to ask her that. <laughs> so you mentioned that you did start another company with a friend. Was that Podcast Nation? Yes. Um, so her name's Nadine. She worked at Bouge. Like she was one of the first employees at Bouge. And then we ended up starting a long distance rideshare app. It was called Flock and we did that for about three years. So we kind of ventured out in the tech space and it was such a good experience. Like we call it our mini MBA. It didn't we ended up <laughs> shutting it down, but you know, we learned how to build an app and we raised money and we, it was very different than the work that we've done with Bouge, but we worked so well together. And again, it goes back to like, we have very complementary skill sets, but we really support each other and want to make sure we're not letting each other down. And for me, like it's about the journey and who you're working with. Like that for me is really, really huge. And my teams are a big part of, of the successes of the companies and me enjoying working with the companies. So once Flock didn't work, we're like, okay, well, we know we, we love working together. So we need to figure something else out. And that's where Podcast Nation was born. We had, a, I've, I had obviously had a lot of experience with it with Caitlin because I was very involved in her podcast. Nadine was the one who introduced me to podcasts years ago. She was truly passionate about it. And then, so we definitely saw an opportunity because we had never found that agency that we thought was a perfect fit. And I, th- I saw a lot of gaps in that industry. So we thought we'd take a crack at it. Yeah. I love that you and Nadine kind of went into the tech space and really just ventured out because that is not an easy thing to do. And a lot of that comes with learning new things. And like you mentioned, like building an app, I think that's so impressive that you guys were able to do that. When it comes to your career and, you know, you've started multiple companies, what important learning moments have you taken from all of the years of experience? that you have? I think one thing that I I look back on when I start new things is like not being afraid because I think naturally as you grow older, you do become more cautious, like more weary about certain things. And I really take that spirit that I had in my 20s to go out there and launch something, you know, and, and just throw myself in it and not be scared and not think of the repercussions. And that has worked really well for me. So that would be more of like a personal experience. But I would also say it's like remembering, like, especially when you are in your 20s, is that's like understanding that that's a time for you to like explore different options, to push yourself to not be afraid to fail because you literally learn the most about those failures and experience is such a valuable thing. And so achievements and failures really create experience in your career. So yeah, I would say not be afraid of that. And then I think the other thing too, is just like really understanding what type of work personality you have and where your blind spots are. And then whether you are on a team or you're the boss or whatever it is, but it's like matching up with people that really complement your skill set and that can fill in those blind spots and really trying to build those good relationships so that you can bring that to whatever you do. Like there's so many people that have come back and, you know, or we've stuck together for a long time and it really does make things so much more smooth. Yeah. I think relationships are definitely so important because they really do take you so far. And even with your companies now, like most of them actually are from your relationships and from your friendships. So I think that's so important. And I think those notes of advice are very important, 
as well. So when you founded Bouge Media, you said that you had had an internship at an agency and you kind of went into it very early on in your career. How have you evolved as a leader since launching your company? It's interesting because sometimes it's hard to take a step back and I don't realize that I've evolved, but I had this conversation with Nadine a few months ago and she's like, oh yeah, I've definitely seen a change, which I think now I appreciate and value experience in a different way. And I think what happens when you have experiences, you have more confidence in your decisions. And when you have more confidence and I feel like you become a better leader because you can explain your rationale better or you can be more sure about your decision. So I think that confidence definitely helps. And I think also just knowing like now I have a lot of experience and I've been able to see that I am the kind of person that will stay true to my word. And if I say I'm going to do something that I'm going to do it. So that keeps pushing me in so many different ways, like areas of the business. And then also too, like I think just I've done a good job of picking a great team that I really trust and not a micromanager. And I really like to encourage everyone to grow within the organization. Um, I do give a lot of autonomy. It's not for everyone. Some people do really like when you're a bit more of a micromanager, but I think it's just setting those expectations from from the get-go. Yeah, I think that's so important to have that autonomy because even now with working from home, like people do work best at certain times or at their own pace. So I think that's really important. And it's nice that you recognize that and that you really look to hire quality rather than just hiring for that position. Yeah. So when it comes to finding a candidate and looking for a new hire, what are the most important skills that you look for um, when you are hiring somebody? I think that this is like, it goes back to knowing, um, knowing your strengths and weaknesses. And I guess it depends on the position. Um, But what I try to do a lot is hire people that have like that their strengths are my weaknesses. So I like, for example, like I'm not the most organized person. Like I just I usually have a lot of balls up in the air. Like I don't have time to organize everything. So I really look for people that are really good at organizing or that are good communicators. But I think it also depends on the specific skill set that I'm looking for. Um, Looking at what, you know, like what experience they have in that, because I feel like now that's becoming, as the companies grow, you have to hire for positions that you don't know. And I feel like that's been the more challenging part. Like that's new to me, but before it's mostly been on, yeah, their skill set, trying to find their, their strengths as my weaknesses. And also like for me personally, it's a lot about my instinct and gut feeling when I meet with them, like their personality. And if, because all the teams are quite small and I think it's just so important that everyone gets along well and that it's very collaborative and that, you know, if you have one bad apple in a small team, it can really affect, it can be a domino effect. So I think I also do hire based on like personality and what I think will, and the personality that I think will do well with the rest of the team. Yeah. I think that's huge because a lot of people I'm seeing now too, that they're hiring more so for culture than experience, because if somebody's the right culture fit, but they can also learn, you know, the industry and are very much willing to learn. I feel like that's more valuable than somebody that might not be a good culture fit, but they have, you know, more experience than the other candidate. Yeah, absolutely. And you know, in terms of the role, you know, which role can be easily taught. Yeah. 
Definitely. When it comes to networking, I feel like it's a little more difficult now given COVID and working from home. People aren't able to go out into networking events. What advice do you have for individuals and specifically young professionals that are wanting to get their foot in the door, but don't necessarily know how to start when it comes to networking? I think with networking is you just can't be afraid to go out there and it's, um, it can be intimidating, but I did so much networking when I first started and I, I really attribute a lot of Bouge Media success to it. And I think it's a going to industry, um, like industry events, or if you see things like pop up. And I think a lot of the times I know it's uncomfortable, but it's really good to go on your own because it forces you to talk to people. And when you are on your own too, like people are more likely to come up to you. And I think it's just about being being yourself and doesn't necessarily need to be talking about work. It's It can be anything from travel to experiences and you would be so surprised how many times that contact will circle back throughout in the future, especially in a, in a city like Vancouver. Vancouver is really small. And if you do commit to networking quite a bit, you'll be surprised at how quickly your network can grow. And I think also knowing what you want to get out of that event, like, you know, you can check the list a lot of times, like see who's going, or you can even email and ask like, Hey, like, do you have a list of companies or people that are going and then following up afterwards? So I think it's just being a little bit more strategic because sometimes you can go and if you feel like you're not getting anything out of going to a couple of these events, it can be discouraging too. So I think it's just being smart about it. Yeah, I think the follow-up is also super important, like you mentioned, because, you know, you can meet a ton of people, but unless you follow up, you really won't maintain that relationship. And I think a lot of people do find networking daunting, but I think a lot of people are more often than not open to sharing their knowledge and having informational interviews. Yeah. And I think too, like one thing is that works really well is looking for opportunities of where you can connect people that will be beneficial to them if there is ever any, you know, but I think that people really appreciate that and you leave a positive, you know, like a positive thought in their mind and be like, oh yeah, well, they tried to help me or they introduced me here and there. And it's like helping local businesses or small businesses or helping people connect that have the same interest. I feel like that's always a good call if if there's obviously a good opportunity to do so yeah definitely so I want to end things off with the best piece of advice that you've been given in your career if you can recall I think what I would say is like really find something that you're passionate about because when you're passionate about it all the the hard work and the long hours will actually be fun and that usually transcends into the results and people can see it and just not be afraid to work, to get out there, to get out of your comfort zone. And when one door closes, just look for the other door to open because there's always another door that you can open and just not being afraid of trying, um, I think would be my, my piece of advice. And, and actually the funny thing is, because you asked me like, A, I have a really bad memory and B, I never really looked for mentors. I think I was always, you know, I I was kind of the person Mm -hmm the personality that I didn't want to bug people. And, you know, I didn't want to take people's time, but I would recommend that. That's something that I wish 
that I had done more. So from the beginning is look for mentors that are, you know, that believe in you and that that really help you when you have questions. So maybe that's another piece of advice too. Yeah, I think mentors are definitely a great support system to have, especially, you know, in an industry where it's super competitive and, you know, a lot of people are kind of on their own when it comes to job searching and finding those skills. I think a mentor is definitely a great person to have and just to lean on. Yes, absolutely. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Cleo, for doing the podcast and answering all these questions. You know, it was really helpful getting to know more about you as well as how you got started because having, you know, Bouge Media and other companies under your umbrella, I think it's super impressive to hear about how you guys started and how you're balancing everything oh thank you so much thanks for having me thank you so much for tuning in to today's episode of the inner network podcast i hope you were able to take away some tidbits from our conversation because cleo shared some really great advice when it comes to aspiring founders and people that are wanting to make it in the social media industry i'll be leaving all of her links in the show notes so be sure to check out all of her amazing companies